Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest presents part one of the series, Fundamentals of Worship. Praise the Lord. All right, here we go. Say it with me. We're a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world, where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Amen. I speak that over you, Lelanders, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, this morning I want to talk about the fundamentals of worship. And this is probably going to be part one of a part two series, maybe even part three. And I want to begin by making this statement. Unity. Unity invites the presence of the Lord. Unity in worship invites the manifestation of the Spirit. Amen? One of the reasons we were created was to worship our Creator to be one with the One who knows us best. To be one with your Father God is the greatest, most rewarding, most fulfilling experience in the entire universe. And Jesus had firsthand experience of that kind of oneness, that kind of unity. And he prayed to the Father in the upper room before he went to Gethsemane. He prayed to the Father that all believers would one day experience the same unity that he and the Father had shared throughout all eternity. Amen? Let's read it in John chapter 17, verse 20 through 23 in the New King James Version. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Now, if you remember, the disciples were the ones who wrote the Gospels and wrote the epistles, right? And so when you read the Gospels and you read the epistles and you believed the word of God, you came to Jesus because of their word. That's what's being talked about here. So this prayer prayed by Jesus was prayed not only for the disciples, but for you and me. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Our oneness, our unity will tell the world that Jesus was sent by God the Father. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. So it's the heart of Jesus for us to experience the same oneness that He and the Father had. And we can have that oneness with God the Father and God the Son if we will unite with one purpose in praise and worship to worship God Almighty because He's worthy. Because we are created beings and He is our Creator, He is worthy of our worship. Now, He does bring strength and life and peace and healing in His presence. But our motive when we worship should not be to worship so that we get those things. Our motive in worship should be, He is my Father. He is my Creator. He is worthy of my worship. Not because of anything that I have done, but because of who He is. The glorious God the Father who created all that ever was created. He is worthy of our worship. Amen. 
Amen. Now, Jesus knew that for oneness to be achieved with God the Father and with God the Son, it would have to come through the Holy Spirit, which He would ultimately send to the earth so that we could be connected together as believers. Amen. And we read that in the Scriptures, and I'm reading in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, in the Passion Translation. For by one Spirit, we all were immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. Glory to God. We can drink of the living water that proceeds from the throne of God. Amen. Hallelujah. It's one thing to know you're connected It's quite another to experience the unity that comes when believers worship together with the common goal of pursuing the manifest presence of the Lord. Just like Sister Frankie talked about before we started. Amen. She wanted to feel the presence of God. Guess what? When you pursue the presence, the presence manifests. When you pursue the Holy God and you reverence and worship Him and give Him glory and honor that He is due then He responds by manifesting in ways sometimes that we understand and other times in ways that we don't understand. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll, we'll get into that as we go on. Hallelujah. I like to think about it like this. This is a little nugget that the Lord gave me when I was preparing for this message. He said, Unity in worship invites the manifest presence of the Lord and the manifest presence of the Lord amplifies that unity. Amen? So it's like a self-perpetuating thing. Unity brings the presence, and the presence amplifies the unity, and unity brings stronger presence, and that presence amplifies unity, and then it's a self-perpetuating, ever-building thing. Amen? And one day, very soon, we're going to be worshiping God. Some generation, perhaps us, perhaps a generation to come, is going to be worshiping and they're going to build to such heights in worship that every worshiper on the planet is going to be taken up. And that's going to be the rapture. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ever heard of this? What's this? One leg up. What's this? Two legs up. What's this? Rapture practice. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know why that came on me, but you know me. I'm zany. I'm crazy. Hallelujah. We're talking about unity. I want to emphasize unity here in the beginning. Second Chronicles 5, 13 and 14 in the New Living Translation. This is the account of the dedication of Solomon's temple. Amen. The trumpeters and singers performed together in unison. The King James says they performed together as one. There it is again, the unity. The trumpeters and singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words, He is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. Glory to God. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Amen. Hallelujah. 
That's what we want in our services here at Faith Life Fellowship. Every service. We want the glorious presence of the Lord to fill our individual temples because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But collectively, we want that presence to fill this temple, this facility. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 It says when they were one worshiping together, there was a manifestation of his presence and the cloud filled the place, the glory cloud. I remember on March 20th, 2005, I was laying in my bed and I was worshiping the Lord in tongues, praising the Lord. And then I got caught up in the spirit and I stood before the throne of God. It was a big white, looked like marble throne, big throne. Big Father God, I saw his feet, I saw his shins, I saw his thighs, I saw his midsection, I saw his arms and hands on the armrest of the throne there, and then I saw all the way up to his chest about this high, and then from his chest up, the whole room was filled with smoke. It was the glory of God, the glorious presence of God filled the space around the throne of God. Amen. So I know what that's like, and it's a glorious experience. And guess what? If they can have that, they weren't born again. They weren't filled with the Holy Ghost. Talking about the people, the believers in Solomon's day. They only had the Holy Ghost upon. They did not have the Holy Ghost within like we do. How much more should we, as born-again, spirit-filled believers with the Holy Ghost on the inside... And the Holy Ghost on the outside, how much more should we expect to see manifestations like that in our services? Amen. It's happened before in modern times. In the healing revivals, in the Azusa revival, it said the, that the glory cloud was so thick that the children would run and put their hands in it and play in it. Glory to God. If they had that in 1907, can't we have that in 2018? Amen. Hallelujah. Was that God's last big slam? Do we have anything more in store for us? Yes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, a lot of people focus on the end times. Jesus is coming soon. Yes, he's coming soon. Okay. We can talk about the definition of soon offline. Okay. But one thing that I know when it talks about the sign of the times, the biggest and most prominent sign you should be looking for is not people's heads getting cut off. It's not who the Antichrist is. It's the last great revival and harvest of souls on the earth. Amen. When you see that, when you see believers coming to the Lord, not just in the thousands, but in the millions and billions, you'll know that the coming of the Lord is nigh. Amen. When you see the former and the latter reign together, you'll know the coming of the Lord is nigh. Amen. Glory to God. Because manifestations like they had there in Solomon's temple will become more and more and more common as the coming of the Lord draws nigh. Amen. Signs, wonders, miracles, healings. Amen. Hallelujah. Angelic sightings. We've already had that at Faith Life Fellowship. And I welcome more angelic sightings here in this place in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got myself all spun up. Now i got to get back to my notes here. We're talking about unity here. Acts chapter 4, verse 24 through 31 in the Passion Translation. A little background is in order here. Peter and John had gone into the gate beautiful, into the temple. 
There was a lame man there who was lame from his mother's womb. He was about 40 years old. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And the Bible says immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. Amen. And he went into the temple with them and created a ruckus because he was walking and leaping and praising God. And everybody that saw him walking and leaping and praising God knew it was the one who sat for 40 years at the gate beautiful because he couldn't walk. Hallelujah. And so they got called up before the Sanhedrin and they got called to account for preaching in the name of Jesus. And they couldn't say anything against them because this was a miracle that everybody acknowledged this guy was he was he was lame and he was 40 years old and everybody saw the miracle. So you can't you can't say anything against the miracle. All you can do is say against the name of Jesus. So he said, just don't preach or teach in the name of Jesus anymore. And the Bible says they threaten them. What do you think they threaten them with? I think they threaten them with their lives. You want to get nailed to the cross just like your master Jesus? You keep preaching in the name of Jesus. Now, that's a threat. I like the way they responded. Because we performed signs and wonders in the name of Jesus, we were threatened. So we're going to do more signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. Amen. A spirit of boldness. Amen. So that's the background to this scripture. Acts 4, starting at verse 24. When the believers heard their report, they raised their voices in unity. There it is again. And prayed, Lord Yahweh, you are the Lord of all You created the universe, the earth, the sky, the sea, and everything that is in them. Amen. What's going on here? Well, as they enter into prayer, they begin with worship. They begin to worship the Lord and notice they worship him in unity. Jesus said in Matthew 6, it's a good idea when you pray to the father to begin by worshiping him. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed, respected, honored are you, Father God. Then bring your needs before Him. But spend some time worshiping Him. So that's what they're doing here in Acts chapter 4. They go back to the company after they've been threatened. And they prayed and they worshiped God in unity. Yahweh, creator of all things. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord Yahweh, you are the Lord of all. You created the universe, the earth, the sky, the sea, and everything that is in them. And you spoke by the Holy Spirit through your servant David, our forefather, saying, How dare the nations plan a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Lord Most High. Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the kings of the earth take their stand with the rulers scheming and conspiring together against God and his anointed Messiah. This is a quote, by the way, from Psalm chapter 2. Amen. In fact, they go on. In fact, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with Jews and non-Jews, met together to take their stand against your holy servant, Jesus the Messiah. They did to him all that your purpose and will had determined according to the destiny you had marked out for him. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us. Strengthen us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. At that moment, 
the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Amen. And each one of them was filled with the Holy Ghost. And listen to this. And they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. Amen. Hallelujah. Now notice it started with a prayer of worship and they were unified in that prayer of worship. And what happens? Unity invites the manifest presence of the Lord. And the Lord manifested by an earthquake and shook the building that they were in, signifying that these men would go all over the world and shake the planet at its core. Amen. Later on, it was said of them, these are the men that have turned the world upside down. And it started right there with that prayer. Glory to God. It started with the presence. They were filled with unrestrained boldness. I need a little bit of that. Amen. I want to be filled with unrestrained boldness so that I just turn to somebody. And if they need Jesus, I start preaching to them exactly what they need. And I don't care what they think. I do it because I'm bold and strong and because their life is on the line. Amen. Glory to God. I love it when you preach and you say all kind of stuff you didn't plan on saying. That's just the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory to God. So you see, it's important that we come in unity when we worship the Lord. If there's just one person in the room folding their arms with a stern look on their face because they don't like the particular song that's being sung or the way it's being sung, it can disrupt the unity of the whole experience. You know, and listen, I'll be the first to acknowledge that there are songs that minister to some people that I just don't care for. Because they don't minister to me. But you know, when that song comes around, I sing it from my heart because I know it's ministering to somebody. Hallelujah. And maybe I don't like the style, but somebody else does. So I just thank the Lord that song is reaching and touching somebody. Amen. Because you should remember who you're singing to. Hallelujah. It's not about you and what you like. It's all about Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Giving Him glory. Giving Him honor. Because He's worthy. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, this came forth in the singing in the ministry. Ashley talked about healing in the presence of the Lord. You know, healing and liberty can be found in the manifest presence of the Lord. Amen. I want to read you something that will really inspire you. Psalm chapter 102. We're going to read verse 1 through 7. And then we'll read verse 18 through 20. This is in the Passion Translation. Lord, listen to my prayer. Listen to my cry for help. You can't hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Stoop down to hear my prayer and answer me quickly, Lord. For my days of happiness have gone up in smoke. My body is raging with fever. My heart is sick and I'm consumed by this illness, withered like a dead leaf. I can't even eat. I'm nothing but skin and bones. Nothing's left of me but whispered groans. I'm depressed, lonely, forgotten, and abandoned. I'm sleepless, shivering in the cold, forlorn and friendless like a lonely bird on the rooftop. Amen. Pretty depressing stuff, right? You know, like a lot of the Psalms, the psalmist begins sharing what's going on in his life. Amen. What's wrong with his life? But if you read the Psalms as much as I have, sooner or later, the psalmist turns it around and stops complaining about what's going on in his life and starts proclaiming the answer, which is the promise of God, the word of God. 
the goodness of God, the love of God. Okay, amen. So you go down to verse 18 and that shift begins. Write all this down for the coming generation. So recreated people will read it and praise the Lord. Let me stop right there. This is a definite Selah moment here. Write all this down for the coming generation so recreated people will read it and praise the Lord. Now this was written about 900 or so years before the church was birthed. Did you know this is a prophetic look forward to the generation that would experience the rebirth that is available through Jesus Christ? Recreated beings are beings that have been born again. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18 says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God. Amen. So this is talking about a future generation, about 900 or so years in the future, that would experience the new birth. And because they experience the new birth, they would begin to be a part of a new generation. Peter said, a new generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who should what? Who should show forth the praises of him that has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is talking about you and me. We're the generation that is a royal priesthood. And when we come together like this, we should show forth the praises of him that called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. So this is talking about us. And read on and we find out what happens when we come in unity And we begin to lift up the name of the Lord and give Him glory and honor and worship Him. What happens at that point, verse 19 says, Tell them how Yah looked down from His high and holy place, gazing from His glory to survey the earth. The part of Yahweh that is Yah, Yah, I am told and I have read, emphasizes the power of God. So read it like this. Tell them how The power of God looked down from his high and holy place, gazing from his glory to survey the earth in response to praise. He listened to all the groaning of his people longing to be free, and he set loose the sons of death to experience life. Hallelujah. So when you enter the manifest presence of God, God's response is to look down and find hurting and oppressed and lonely and addicted and sick people and set them free, heal their bodies, break their bondages, and bring them into freedom and liberty. Glory to God. So we have biblical support when we say in His presence, there is liberty and there is healing and there is freedom from oppression. Amen. Chains can literally break off of you as you praise the Lord. Now remember, I want to remind you, that that is not the motive of your praise. It is just the supernatural result of your praise. Your praise should be offered up because He is worthy. Not because of anything you want from Him. But His response is a response of a loving Heavenly Father. How can I not heal those that are hurting when I hear them praising me like that? How can I not heal those that are broken when I hear them worshiping me like that? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So it's important for us to become unified when we worship the Lord because there are people in our midst 
that need to be healed, that need to be delivered and set free. Amen. And they will be if we will worship him in unity with one focus, expecting the manifest presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we alluded to this already in Acts chapter 4 where where the believers went back after they were threatened and they said, empower us. What's another word for empower? Strengthen us. They were worshiping Him in one accord. So through praise and worship, you receive strength from the Lord. You receive strength. Psalm chapter 8 verse 2 in the King James Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Now I want to read it to you in the Passion Translation, Psalm chapter 8, verse 2. This is awesome. If you feel like dancing, you're welcome to dance. If you feel like running, you're welcome to run. Amen. You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Whoo. Wow. I like that passion translation. It's just it's just a really good translation. Hallelujah. Matthew 21 verse 15 to 16 in the King James. The background here. The scribes and the Pharisees heard children singing and worshiping because of what Jesus was doing. They were worshiping God because of the signs, wonders, and miracles that Jesus was doing. So that's the setting. Verse 15. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. In North Carolina talk, they were upset. And said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have you never read, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Now, here in Matthew 21, Jesus is quoting Psalm chapter 8, verse 2, and he says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise, but Psalm 8 says, thou hast ordained strength. So what do you think that means? Do you not think that the living word of God knows how to interpret the word of God that he wrote? So what that means is out of childlike worship. Out of childlike perfected praise, strength will come. Strength will come. If you need strength in your body, one of the best ways to receive strength in your body is by worshiping him. With all of your heart. Even if you've got laryngitis and you can barely talk. Just praise him anyway. Thank you Jesus. Glory to God. If you can't raise your arms. Raise them halfway. Glory to you Jesus. Praise your name. And your body will receive strength I say in Jesus name. Hallelujah. And chains will be broken. And diseases will depart from you. And pain will leave your body. In Jesus name. Glory, glory, glory. Psalm 105, verse 4 in the English Standard Version. Two weeks ago, we talked about the presence of the Lord, and this is one of the scriptures we used. And last week, I said we would get back to the presence, and we have got back to the presence. Amen. Psalm 105, verse 4 
English Standard Version. Seek the Lord and his strength. How? Seek his presence continually. Amen. When you seek his presence continually, strength comes to your spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Hallelujah. Worship is your life blood. Worship him. Become a worshiper. Well, I can't sing. Well, it doesn't matter. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I look that up. That's Psalm 100. It means make a racket, break some things, make some noise. That's what it means. So it's not really talking about, you know, worship in perfect three-part harmony. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord where you're on key or not. Amen. Hallelujah. God receives it as worship. Hi, guys. My grandchildren, for those that are listening by podcast, are waving at me from kids' church. Hey, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> All right, let me wrap this up by saying this. Unity in praise and worship brings the power and presence of God into manifestation. And the manifested presence of the Lord brings strength, healing, restoration, liberty, and joy. Amen. So don't just endure praise and worship. Embrace praise and worship. If you haven't been a worshiper up until this point of your life, learn to be a worshiper, and it'll change your life forever. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed part one of today's message titled, Fundamentals of Worship. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington. Faith Life Wilmington.